Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Liberty and the Law, the podcast series that examines the critical elements of a strong legal defense in criminal cases. Join respected attorney James Dore for this lively discussion on the rights of criminal defendants and the important role defense attorneys play in our legal system. When we have conversations about the legal system, uh, certain words and phrases may be used frequently, uh, as we find not always correctly. Uh, in addition to misunderstandings about the meaning, some also come with rather strong opinions, uh, perhaps not always thoughtfully formed. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, and along with Lavelle Law Defense Attorney James Dore, we're going to take a look at one such term today as we get a better understanding of what plea bargains are on this edition of Liberty and the Law. Uh, as always, we hope to provide some insight to the legal defense system during our conversation, and looking forward to digging into this topic. So, Mr. Dore, good afternoon. Nice to talk to you again. Hey, Jim. Good afternoon. I've been looking forward to this topic, so let's uh, let's get into it. Yeah. This, uh, this, so, before we discuss, we're going to talk about the process. We're going to talk about the merits of the use of plea bargains. But I, I mentioned misunderstanding. So, let's. What, what are we really talking about? What's defined within the legal system as a plea bargain? All right. Well, the plea bargain—it's uh, a pretty uh, simple concept. It's where there's an agreement between uh, the defendant and the prosecutor, uh, which a defendant's going to agree to plead guilty to like, all the charges, some of the charges, or possibly even a reduced charge, um, in exchange for some benefit from the from the prosecutors or some concession from the prosecutors. So, for example, um, I said reduced charge. A reduced charge would be a concession by the prosecutor um, instead of doing a say a more uh, more advanced charge or a higher degree charge, they can reduce the charge in exchange for the defendant to agree not to challenge it, but to plead guilty. So it's, it's some sort of an agreement and a, and a benefit that the defendant receives in exchange for mm-hmm. that agreement. And it, uh, does this occur across all types of criminal cases, or is it def- sort of confined to certain areas? I think the potential is there across the board. Mm-hmm. I think you'll find um, the the less serious charges, it's 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 a little bit more suited for that than say your your most serious death penalty case or the one that's attracting a, a high degree of media attention. You won't find it's necessarily a prosecutor would want to you know, bargain in those cases. But mm-hmm. just in general, um, it, I think that it, it's in terms of negotiating with the prosecutors, it's something that's always um, it's always in that bag of tricks for us. Okay. Well, we we take these conversations um, uh, from from the point of view of the defense attorney. In, in many cases, you, you shared great insight and uh, fair view and everything. But but let's talk about the defense. What what are the benefits to you uh, in your role uh, to having this, as you say, in the toolbox? Well, you're looking for a better outcome for your client. So you know, as I always say, you know, the, my goal as a defense attorney is to minimize the impact of that criminal justice system, the impact that it has upon my client. So um, if I can get a reduced sentence, a reduced charge, uh, something like that, always be a benefit to my client. So I'm looking for something that, that, that you know, improves the case for the client, okay? Um, that could be something simple or something like a, a reduced charge. Uh, it could be a, a something like, um, agreeing to the sentence that would not include jail time. So a prosecutor would be saying, okay, if your client agrees to this, I will, instead of uh, you know, asking the judge for jail time, I'll agree to community service or I'll agree to a fine instead. So things like that can be a great benefit to the defendant in a case um, you know, if, we will, if we're able to work something out with the prosecutors. 
Okay, and and obviously you, you've made it very clear that uh, it's kind of a two-way street here. It's a, it's uh, something that does happen often. So I assume that there's an upside to the prosecution. What what's their view on why they would want to do this? Sure. Well, to start with, that they're they're avoiding a trial. They're they're getting a, a plea of guilty to one or possibly all the criminal charges. So they're getting the, the uh, a guilty finding that they're looking for. Prosecutors are avoiding a, which could be sometimes a, a costly or lengthy trial. And it saves them the, the resources. So say, you know, say we have a case, uh, I have a client uh, that's in a courtroom with, say, a DUI and driving on revoked charges, something like that. And I'm trying to work out a deal where he's, he's avoiding jail time. Let's say the prosecutor in that same courtroom also has a really serious, you know, reckless homicide case that is taking up a lot of time. Well, you know, most people would agree we want the prosecutor to focus on that reckless homicide and expend resources there rather than, you know, a driving on revoked case, okay? So mm-hmm. really the prosecutor's resources, you know, they have to budget in their office and decide which cases are priority cases, which cases, you know, they have to put their resources to because they do, they do <laughs> it doesn't seem like it, but they do have limited resources too in their budgets and their time. So that's a prosecutor saving, you know, time and resources by getting somebody to plead guilty. And they could also be seeking uh, the testimony of a defendant. So, you know, a co-defendant in a case, mm-hmm. they could offer a co-defendant a good deal to get him to testify against somebody that they'd really prefer to get, uh, the, the, the named suspect that's a, a more serious charge or has the worst background or for whatever reason has the, the attention of the prosecutor. So they could also use this as a tool to uh, get help to you know, sustain convictions in in other cases, and and I'm going to guess it varies based on the type of case. But is is a plea bargain the process? Is it generally more of a offer and acceptance, or is it a true negotiation where the two attorneys are kind of going back and forth and, and doing a little horse trading in the process? You know, everything's it, 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 it unique to cases, but I I'd, I'd say it's a really negotiating art form. It really both sides are bringing something to the table. Uh, or if it's if you're you know how to negotiate, even if you don't have much to bring to the table, you're making it seem like you do. So, you know, it's, it's really you got to make the best best case you can for your client, the best argument you can for your client. So, um, yeah, it's uh, there is a true art form. It's a negotiating art, and uh, you know you want to do your best to and make the best case you can for your client, and again, get that best outcome you can for the defendant in the yeah. case. From my perspective. Uh, prosecutor perspective, the, like I said, there. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I just I'm wondering. I want to catch up because I, I'm wondering: can either side initiate this? Can can either side make an initial offer? Or does it always have to come from the prosecutor or or from the defense attorney? Prosecutors and defense attorneys are all different personalities. So, um, you know, sometimes it, it depends. Again, it all depends on the case. Um, but uh, a prosecutor is certainly free to approach a defense attorney. A defense attorney is free to approach a prosecutor to talk. So, you know, it depends on the courtroom a lot of times, too. A judge, a judge would sometimes initiate the, the prompting of, why don't you two go out in the hallway and talk about this and see if you can work something out. So you can always throw the judge in, too, as a wild card on these things. But I think it's pretty – it's a normal – uh, 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 thing to have happen in, in the courtrooms, and, and they have the attorneys discuss their cases. So I, I think it's something that it's uh, it's not only normal, but it should be encouraged because again, it could save time and resources for a lot of people um, in the court system. They don't have time. A judge doesn't have time to put on every single case. Every every case can't go to trial. So these the, these discussions have to take place um, in order to facilitate you know, 
the large number of cases that are moving through the system. Yeah, we have to deal with the realities there. We're we're enjoying a great detailed conversation with Lavelle Law, criminal defense attorney James Dore, on the podcast today. Uh, James has been handling cases and courses for over two decades, and, and each month uh, he stops by here to share some of his knowledge and experience. You can always go back and download some of our other past podcasts, read through a collection of articles he's authored. Those are all available at uh, LavelleLaw.com. Um, is it fair to say, and I kind of hinted at this at the beginning, so correct me if I'm wrong, but plea bargaining, despite the realities you said of you know prosecution time and budget and resources, um, is that is it something that's a little controversial? Some people plea bargains when they hear about it, or or maybe as you mentioned, uh, you know, one defendant turning on another to get a, a lesser charge. Are these things that maybe rankle people a little bit sometimes? Yeah. It can definitely be uh, controversial, and uh, from a public standpoint, they they hear sometimes the worst of the cases that get you know plea bargained down, you know, and they hear that ah, you got a plea bargain, so you know, they're mm-hmm. assuming the worst. And in some cases, the results are they can be unfair. You know, let's be honest, not every result that comes out of the court system is fair or just or you know it, it you know is 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 right for that matter. So mm-hmm. depending on where you fall in the system, let's say you're you're a victim of a crime. And if you find out that the charges were reduced, uh, you may be upset by that. But the, the prosecutors, and that's one of the things that they have to take into account, is dealing with the public and the, you know, the complaining witnesses in their cases. Um, so in a case where, say, a judge may, or a uh, prosecutor may not have a very strong case, they would look to, to maybe reduce the charge because they have problems proving the case. And they would have to explain that to the complaining witness, the victim in their case, say, hey, you know that this is a reality of proving this case, and this is the best we can get. So mm-hmm. you know, we kind of got to deal with it that, on that front. So you know, it, it it depends on where you stand in the system, what your your view of these. Um, you know, some 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 results are are unjust, like I said, but for sure. the most part, I think it's it's a necessary uh, aspect of the system because not. Every case can go to trial. It's just simply not possible. So without attorneys talking and trying to work things out, you know, it, everything's kind of a blind, a blind, uh, you know, shot at it. And it's, it's, yeah. You know, the attorneys are there. You know, multiple aspects of being an attorney, and this would be one of those aspects. Uh, you know, it's funny because you you mentioned maybe sometimes things being unjust. Um, you've always been a strong proponent of defendants' rights and, and protecting the accused in the legal system. Have you ever encountered sort of the opposite instance in which someone is truly innocent, but they've got to accept a, a plea to a reduced charge because they don't or can't go to a trial against a more stringent charge that could work against them? I know those. Yeah, that is, it has happened. It's happened far too many times in my career. And those are the mm-hmm. tough calls. Those are the really tough calls because that's the opposite side of the coin that the prosecutor has. And can I prove this case? You know, from the defense standpoint, you know, is it worth rolling the dice on trying to get a not guilty on this? Because, you know, worse than, than you know, let's say you're agreeing to a reduced charge in a case where somebody is actually innocent, okay? Um, mm-hmm. Now, it seems like why would you plead guilty to something you didn't do? Well, it, it may be that they, the prosecutor has, has evidence or is able to prove their case. So you're trying to get the best result, like I said, the best result for the client. But that is a tough pill to swallow. That, that that truly is. It does happen, and it's one of those things where a defendant, you know, it's an informed decision on the defendant's part because they're the ones that have to assess that risk. Is it worth 
high risk is the defendant because they're the ones that, you know, you're serving the jail time. The, pro- the prosecutor's not. The defense lawyer isn't. It's going to be you. So if you're facing a case where you're avoiding any jail time completely by entering that plea, you know, that's one of those things that, you know, it's a client decision to make, but it it, it may be the the best result, even though it's not necessarily the the fairest or most equitable or just result. Um, yeah. But that does that, happen. You, that's, that's a tough one, Jim. Yeah, I imagine. And uh, you, you mentioned the judge. We've got a couple minutes left here. I, I assume that whatever you, the attorneys work out may look good to them, but I assume the judge has to approve any, any plea bargain before it's uh, finalized? Ultimately, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, an order from the court. That sentence is an order from court. So the judge has to be on board. If the judge does not order it, you know, it, it has to be approved by the judge or it's worthless to your agreement. So um, a lot of times there's there's a defense attorney and prosecutor, they're trying to get something worked out, but then they're looking over their shoulder and thinking, what's the judge going to think of this? You know, is it too lenient? Uh, is, is it too strict? Because if it's too harsh, you know, same thing. So the judge may not think the result is fair under the circumstances. So in those cases, you can do what's called it. There's a, a, a rule in Illinois, a Supreme Court rule, uh, 402, is so you can have what's called a 402 conference, which can be either initiated by the, the attorneys or the judge can sometimes, you'll see the judges say, hey, why don't we talk about this in chambers? So, you know, that's where you can sit down, the attorneys, the, the lawyer, uh, the lawyers involved, and in, in the, the judge, and in an informal setting, in the judge's chambers, talk about the case quite frankly. It's like, why are we doing this? And judges mm-hmm. on board, okay. And so you don't have to do that all in, a, in say, open court, live courtroom setting. Um, you know, judge would do that in chambers to make sure that the agreement reached is is equitable for all sides. And before I let you go here, is it likely that um, the, the attorneys would get together when a case is first raised, look at it and go, all right, let's talk about this one now, or do you find it's more common that suddenly everybody wants to negotiate as you get closer and closer to the courtroom? Uh, it could happen any stage along the proceedings, but I tell you, when things are set for trial, and I, I've seen many times where the jurors are coming up from the jury room, and the prosecutors are just, or the, the, the attorneys are just hashing out their agreement as the jurors are being brought up, because hey, then we're going to trial, and that's why neither side wants to lose, and they're both looking at what's the best outcome we can get. Interesting. Well, it's a great conversation today. Uh, boy, I can't appreciate uh, enough the time uh, James Dore spends with us here each month. So, uh, James, thanks very much for being with us, and thanks to all of you for listening. Uh, great conversation. You can get more information, 847-705-7555, or, as I said, lavellelaw.com, always a great resource. And uh, be sure to check out Liberty and the Law each month. Uh, we'll be back with more topics. Thanks so much for being here.